Hey everyone, this is Kiran and uh, welcome to Materialistic Talks, a podcast where we talk about material science and career guidance. Hello all, hope you are doing well. Myself, Tilak Chakravarti, currently doing my master's in medical technology program of IIT Jodhpur and AIMS Jodhpur. Today we have with us our uh, guest speaker, Yamni, and we'll ask about herself. So Yamni, why don't you go ahead and start introducing about yourself? Okay, cool. So I'm Yamini and I did my undergrad in PhD. And I did, it was specialized in metallurgy, metallurgical engineering. And then it was in the third year that I decided that I want to do higher studies. And then I chose that I wanted to specialize in extractive metallurgy because it was a rare field and not many people were working on it. Though the number of problems in that, those fields are comparatively high, people don't go into that stream for various reasons. So I think that was one reason that I decided to pursue that. And that's why I chose uh, Curtin University. So they uh, their master's in engine, uh, metallurgy program is very exclusive for extractive metallurgy and it is one among the best in the world. So that was one reason that I applied for it and I started doing a master's. So I've currently completed my master's and then I'm looking forward to do a PhD as well. So that's quite fun. So like um, when you say that you want to do my master's, like when it has been like an anchor thought that you have to do abroad, you know, do it in abroad. Why don't you had an opportunity to do it in India? Like why this solid thought that you have to do an abroad came? Yeah, so I would say that it came from my experiences that I had in India. So I had two research internship opportunities from IIT Madras and IIT Bombay. So when I finished my internship in IIT Madras, I realized that I wanted to do research, but then I wasn't sure what field I wanted to specialize in, either material science or extractive metallurgy. So I, and then it was just going on and on and I decided, yeah, okay, I'll shortlist both. I'll choose later because I didn't have a decision by then. So I, I aimed for both Indian universities and abroad universities. So I was preparing for GATE as well, and then preparing for IELTS or GRE just to broaden my opportunities. But then at, after a point, I realized that I wanted to specialize in extractive metallurgy because one, I like thermodynamics. So I wanted to go in that field. And two, there are so many problems in extractive metallurgy, as I said earlier, but then there's not many people working on it. So it has a greater scope as when compared to material science. I mean, I wouldn't say that material science doesn't have any scope, but number of people working in material science are way too high when compared to extractive metallurgy. Mm-hmm. And the number of Indian universities that offer extractive metallurgy is very less. So that was one reason that I chose abroad. And mm-hmm. even in abroad, when I was shortlisted colleges, the number of colleges that I shortlisted was less than 20 or 10. And then out of mm-hmm. that, when I filtered, it just came to five or six universities that I could apply to. I mean, one that was of my interest and everything. So mostly these universities were in Australia and Canada. And I was aiming for both. So I applied to both Australian and Canadian universities. But then I decided to choose Australia for various reasons because it has good job opportunities and weather is preferably better here than Canada. Even though I want to experience Canada snow, but then mm-hmm. yeah, I chose this. And apart from that, yeah, basically job opportunities and the 
um mm-hmm. and ranking of curtain is okay. also good for mining and extractive metallurgy it's mm-hmm. like so curtain has a separate branch called as western australian school of mines and that is okay. where i study i mm-hmm. i just finished my masters and it has a separate history on its own so mm-hmm. people who are working in the mines almost like 70% of wasm graduates work in the mines so it's like okay. they hold a major share and it has its own history so mm-hmm. yeah so that's how i end up in wasm yeah, yeah good so this uh, journey of you coming to curtain so what was the thing which helped you a lot whether these research internships which you have done in india or what has solidly helped you to get the application through and got a opportunity to study abroad uh yeah i would say that the research opportunities were very helpful in making the decision that i wanted to do a masters and mm-hmm. apart, and then i was just googling and sorting out rankings of various universities according to the subjects that i want and then mm-hmm. i started to shortlist them that was based on my interest and then the application process i took help from uh one of the application agents called as advice there are a number of agents that would help through application mm-hmm. process and i took help from advice so all of this happened in a while mm-hmm. and my brother was my constant support so yeah he was pushing okay. me also through it so that was good 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 so uh, when we talk about uh, the quality of education compared with india indian institute uh, what are the differences that you know uh, went through in studying abroad uh i would say that the assessments are a bit varied here so it's basically based on the professors here like whatever the professor decides that is, they can have that assessment as long as they give it to us beforehand so before each semester starts you will have the unit outline for that course and you would know where each assessment would sit and you would know what type of assessment you can expect and you can legit you the i mean you can literally go argue with the professor if they haven't given according to the unit outline and you can appeal also and apart from, and in india it's like six un i mean in psg we had six units and each semester and labs allied with it but then here i had four units per semester so more with quality uh it's a bit chill i would yeah maybe because it's masters i can say it's a bit relaxed when compared to what i did in undergrad because they don't expect us to remember a lot over here like formulas and all those stuff they give you a formula sheet and you can base it from there but quality of education i guess it's similar like it's both except for the assessments i would rate it at the same level like they would be interesting assessments here so that that would be nice like rather than having a test or monotonous thing here you'd have assignments which would be challenging as well and you can mm-hmm. test how much you know so that be nice yeah so uh, in terms of academic peer pressure do you feel that the undergrad which we had at phd tech was a bit difficult or in the masters that you had your peers were studying very competitively with you uh in terms of competition i would say that undergrad was more competitive than here because 
here people don't care about i mean i wouldn't say care but they wouldn't give much importance to marks mm -hmm. as long as you clear the unit and um mm. so yeah it, with undergrad you would have you need to score good marks either to get a good gate score or to get into interviews and everything because in undergrad companies come to our college and then you'd have your interview process and everything Whereas here, in the case of when you're applying for a job or anything, it's basically networking. Mm -hmm. It's how well you know that person rather than mm -hmm. your, I mean, even your, your academic score plays a role, but then networking also helps as well. So as long as you are good with that and you're a bit social, it'd be, it, mm -hmm. it'd work out well. Yeah, understood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what are the various opportunities that are available for financial assistance through like scholarships or loans in uh, uh, over there? Okay, so I can talk in specific to Watson, so mm -hmm. or Curtin University. In specific mm -hmm. to Curtin University, Curtin usually offers a Curtin Merit Scholarship for students who have above seventy-five percent, I guess. So that would cover twenty-five percent of the tuition fee. And apart from that, if you study in any rural areas, like so, Wasim is situated in Calgary, so that is like 700 kilometers away from Perth, which is the main city in Western Australia. So it's classified as a regional town. So the Australian government is trying to promote education in these regional towns. So they offer a scholarship called as Destination Australia Scholarship. So they try to bring students to like these areas and promote education there. So people studying, students studying in remote areas would get up to $15,000 per annum if qualified. So that is one scholarship. And apart from that, you can apply a few scholarships in India as well, like in India for studying abroad. There are a few opportunities like that, but I am not sure what the classifications are. So I don't want to give any wrong information. But I'm pretty sure there's few scholarships like that. Good. So is studying in abroad is a costlier pursuit? Like even though we have some scholarships available, will be doing a master's in abroad is a costly pursuit? Um, well, yeah, I mean, depends upon the country as well. In terms mm -hmm. of Australia, the tuition fee is quite high. Mm -hmm. So it is, yeah, it's a bit costly, but you can apply for student loans and then mm -hmm. we'd all we'd also get scholarships. For I mean, you'd get at least one scholarship for sure. So mm -hmm. that shouldn't be bad. And with Australia, you have 40 hours per fortnight as a working limit. So you okay. can work part time when you're a student. So you'd mm -hmm. get that 40 hours per fortnight. So which would be enough to cover your living. I mean, it'd be more than enough to cover your living experience expenses like your rent and your groceries and everything but for fee okay it, it it'd be just hard for that to cover the fee uh as well mm -hmm. as in addition to that point you might you can work unlimited hours during your vacation so okay. if you secure an internship internship or a vacation work at the end of the year you might get good amount mm -hmm. of money that you can put into for paying the fees so basically, we have to mm -hmm. juggle between everything, a bit of student loan, a bit of work here, and a bit of hard work here and there to mm -hmm. cope up with it. But 
but then I wouldn't okay. say it's free. But okay. if you take Germany, the education is free. So, but and mm -hmm. I guess US it's the same case. I, I I guess in US students can't work for one the first year of masters mm -hmm. or something like that. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure. A follow-up question to the previous statement that whether getting a master's and you have a student loan already and whether the student got this into a situation where he has to get a job in abroad to sort of pay back the loan, earn some money before he coming back to India. Because typically in India, I think people and companies doesn't differentiate much a master's degree from India or abroad. So what yeah. is your take on that? Uh, so I would say in terms of student, repaying the student loan, it'd be easier if that student works here for quite a while because oh. the salary here is comparatively high when compared to in India. So mm -hmm. it'd be better if he worked a few years. It's not necessary that he should work, but then in terms of repaying the student loan, it might be helpful because he can repay it quickly over here. Mm -hmm. And the quality of life is a bit better. I mean, in terms of metallurgists, the quality mm -hmm. of life and the work-life balance would be a bit better when compared to in, in India. But apart from that, it's not a necessary that he has to stay. He can always go back. But I would suggest if he had some work experience in prior to doing masters, it would be helpful to get a job in India. Otherwise, it'd be hard. For example, in my case, I finished bachelor's and I moved here straight. So it would be hard for me. To, if I come back to India, it would be hard for me to get a job because I basically don't have any work experience. So I might as well work here a few years, gain that work experience and then come back so that I have that thing to proceed. Like basically they won't prefer, I mean, it's very rare that they prefer a fresher unless it's a graduate. Yeah, they prefer only if it's a graduate role. So yeah, so it's better if I get, if that person had no, to, I mean, work experience, it's better to work here for a while and then go there or repay their student loans and then go back to India. So what are the various career opportunities available uh, in the field of extractive metallurgy and what are the roles played by metallurgists there? Uh, okay. So once you finish graduating, you can either go into the industry or go into research field. So I'd explain the industry side first and then go into the next. So once you graduate, uh, you can go into the industry for various roles. Like when you graduate, you can go as a graduate metallurgist and then you grow from there. Like from graduate metallurgist, you go as a plant metallurgist and then you go as a senior plant metallurgist and then you go up like metallurgy manager and you keep growing from there. So the uh, role of the graduate metallurgist or the plant metallurgist would be basically to run the plant and, and be cautious about the day-to-day -day numbers. So, and optimize the various parameters and the plant variables to get maximum optimal recovery from the plant. So yeah, this is one stream. Otherwise you can go as work as a process technician where you would be more hands-on like operating the plant, getting to know the plant more basically running the um, flow sheet, like whatever you see in a flow sheet that'd be happening here. So you basically would be running every equipment and each and every equipment, or you can go as a lab technician where you'd be in the lab and you'd be analyzing stuff, like whatever the plant's producing, you'd be analyzing so that you would know how the plant is performing. 
so and you can basically so the um grad met uh, the metallurgist would depend upon the lab lab data to optimize their entire plant and here yeah, these are few career opportunities or yeah and you can also go inside um there are certain companies which produce reagents or for these industrial processing plants so they make the reagents and give them so you can go in developing those reagents as well so these are there are quite a few opportunities here and there to play around in the industry and with the case of research you can go do a phd and you can that can be sponsored by an industry so you can get to work with the industry as well so these um and you can get your phd as well so it's like best of i mean you get to in the same time you gain some experience and you also gain an industry so and you know that your project is going into a real time experience so that's good as well so i would say these to be two different opportunities and as a role of a metallurgy metallurgist so it's basically extractive metallurgy here. so you take the ore from the you take the ore and you process it to get the element out of it so the major commodity here is gold um base metals and rare earth elements so and australia is known for its gold so most of the companies produce gold and they are very strict about their recovery rates because you don't want to be losing them and because it's worth the price so th that's where the metallurgists would come so basically the mining engineers would give them as just stock it up in a stockpile and then you have to start uh dealing with it right from its combination stage and it goes to beneficiation depending upon the ore type and then it would go to the leaching stage so there'd be losses everywhere but then we have to try to minimize the errors so in case of gold this would be the flow sheet and for other elements as well there would be different aspects to it so the major role of the graduate metallurgist or the plant metallurgist would be day-to-day -day activities whereas when you grow you start looking at it for long term so when you reach the stage of a senior metallurgist or a mine manager i mean metallurgy manager you start to planning out long term like how long you expect this to go so if there's any old body change like for example the um, if you take rare earth elements the old body is going to keep change like the deposit here the old body keeps changing for it so you'd have to treat it differently for different old bodies so you have to keep that going as well plan whatever it's coming like for five to 10 years later and then plan things now. So these would be like various roles played by a metallurgist. So, so my question is that suppose uh, in graduate in PC tech or somebody who's like starting out his undergrad, but he's a bit sure that he has to do his masters in abroad, how he can able to start crafting his CV and experiences so that he can able to get into a good university if one wants to do a master's abroad so basically they have to decide what discipline they want to go into what stream they want to go into because there are a number of specializations you can choose so when you come abroad it's broadly classified into extractive metallurgy and material science so one has to basically decide that and choose universities or based on that and if they want to go inside material science the classification is still more i mean like the classification keeps going because they have very very interesting courses in certain places like like something specific for aerospace material and dentistry materials 
and all these different kinds of things. So they have to choose basically what they want to do. So I would say start by deciding what course they want to go and then looking up what universities they want to go to and based like I, what I did was I chose the list of universities based on university ranking and then so there's a website called QS ranking so that would rank the universities based on their rank and you can go into the universe like subject wise ranking rather than general ranking because when you're doing a master's you want to know if the university is good for that specialization rather than the whole like whole entire ranking so probably go into you can classify the ranking based on subject so basically do that and then list like create an excel spreadsheet like excel is one underrated tool so put whatever universities you want into that excel spreadsheet and then go into the university check the course structure and the unit outline and whatever units they have so probably the student has like you have to check if you'd like that course structure and that is what you want to do so once you've decided what universities they want to go to once they decide the course and the university go and check for the application requirement entry requirements and everything so and in the next column you can add what requirements they want and when's the deadline for it and like the requirements mostly would be SOP, which is called statement of purpose. That is where you write about yourself, like about why you want to do this master's, like what intrigued you or what is the thing that fascinated you to do the master's and all those things. So you you draft a beautiful story and it has to be on. You can't legit see and write it from anyone else's SOP because it's your story and you have to write it for yourself. So basically draft that SOP and then certain universities would ask for a letter of recommendation and so you have to get get that from two of your professors or faculties and make sure because some universities would mail, email the professors directly rather than you submitting it so make sure you tell them and keep for and follow keep following it up with them because it might like they have too many things to do so this might slip out of your out of their mind but that's the only thing we have to do so even you feel like if you feel if you feel like you're pestering them go pester them it's okay it's all right to do that and they're not gonna do anything to you for that so that's what i would say for lor so sop is done and apart from that the entry requirement would be english course so in case of um australia you would either need ielts or pp score so and each universities would have different requirements like uh, how much band you have to get and so probably check that and put it in the excel sheet as well like next to the university's name that this is this this is this and you have to do this and and then the deadline deadline before which you have to apply so that you know you have an idea and you can prioritize each university like because one might apply for different countries like if they're not sure they might apply for different you know like countries and different countries are going to have different um entry requirements and different deadlines and different intakes and here, one more thing, the universities has different intakes as well. So uh, in case of Australia, it's gonna be term one, term two. So term one would be February intake and term two would be uh, would be July intake. So they start, Australia starts the year at February. So what, so that would be their first year of study. And this would be the second semester of their study. So even if you come in your mid-year intake, 
you the second semester so uh, some universities would take only in uh, in taking only one of the like they would offer only one intake but some universities they might take for both the intakes so be sure like please check that as well so that you don't want to get like if you want to go this this year and you might end up getting only next year so have that in mind and yeah so some universities they have very early deadlines like for us universities it finishes pretty much very soon but for australia it just stays like for if i want to get into this july intake my application would be open till end of june or mid june so that wouldn't be any problem here but for certain universities the de deadline ends very soon so make sure you lodge all the uh, application requirements like whatever they want like because each university might have different needs and what they want from you and even the IELTS score and GRE or PTE it would vary from universities so you'd have to have a check and accumulate it and create a beautiful spreadsheet so that you know what's going on and you can highlight the priority ones like you can have a color coding or whatever that works for you to sort that things out and you can also go to an agency to help you so there are various agencies that would apply for you or in place of you but then for certain countries they would charge for certain countries they do it for free of cost like for australia uk basically would be like uh, your application fee and everything but application process is not super hard only if you feel like you need any help and you can you know that you you'd be more confident if others are doing it for you you can go to them for help but it's not rocket science it's easy as well so you can apply it by yourself so yeah what yeah. how is the uh, living there like uh, the cost of living and as well as uh, what are the things that you can as a student get to experience in australia uniquely other than other countries ah okay so uh with australia um there are beautiful beaches so i am not sure if you see them in other parts of the world it's like white sand beaches and they are really 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 cool and it's like totally scenic and aesthetic there's so many places to explore and while you're studying you can work so the quality of life as a student also would be better you can do your part time work and they pay you well mm -hmm. for it so you can basically save it up and go around the country and so, so it's not very it's a bit of a relaxed lifestyle like the uni runs only for 12 the uni runs for 12 weeks so you'd have one month of winter break and three mm -hmm. months of summer break and since you are in like the southern hemisphere okay. it's just the opposite so if anyone's mm -hmm. wondering why i'm wearing a jumper because it's winter here so it's not summer so yeah it's winter and it's and it's and it can get cold and it can get real cold at times so that be cool when you talk with mm -hmm. your friends on the other side of the hemisphere hemisphere and then they'd be like it's hot here and then you can tell no it's cold yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay okay good so mm. like in terms of uh, racial ethnicity at over australia that have you ever encountered any specific uh, problems in some cases 
because of your ethnicity or it's a very good place because i think canada has a very good culturally you know sort of a very thriving country in such case whether do you think australia is also but good in that way yeah till now i haven't experienced any issues but while applying for jobs mm-hmm. companies might prefer permanent residents or australian citizens that is only reason because okay. they know that you be here for long like Mm-hmm. with temporary visa you might have to leave the country so they might not want to invest in people who are not here for long but yeah but certain countries okay. i mean certain companies do prefer international students like international people and i have known some people okay. who was also sponsored by their companies and apart from mm-hmm. this i don't think i have faced any racial problems or any ethnic problems as a whole like australia like you'll have people from various regions living here so that wouldn't be a much mm-hmm. issue most of the students in uni as well they are from different countries and different places like i studied with like okay like mexicans colombians um not it's <laughs> like indonesians chinese okay yeah mostly southeast asia and south of america and different mm-hmm. parts of africa so yeah okay. it's not it's not i don't think i haven't faced anything yeah good do you want to like give any uh, last kind of words to the people who's like aspiring to be in australia like what what oh, would be your welcoming message for them that if they are interested in applying for australian universities do you have any words for them um so yeah if they decided that they want to apply to australia so i would prefer extractive metallurgy over material science I'm not mm-hmm. saying not to apply their preference, but then yeah, the scope for extractive metallurgy is better here. So and keep exploring. Don't stop exploring and keep asking questions. And even if once you come here, it's based on what your aptitude and attitude. So mm-hmm. that's what all this matters at the end of the day. So stay humble. Okay. Keep asking questions. Keep talking to people. Be it mm-hmm. anywhere. Like mm-hmm. no and. no question is a silly question so yeah keep asking questions unless like you you have it clear so yeah that would be one thing like keep asking questions keep talking to people like explore 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 and that's how we learn so yeah, yeah. it's always a good day if you've learned something so yeah mm-hmm. so that's good good so thank you then it's been a great pleasure to have you with us and thank you for spending time with us and i think you also had a great time discussing with us as well Yeah, that's all right. I always happy. I mean, thanks for having me. So that was good. Yeah.